Alright, it's Tuesday, June 27, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it is always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is God's power to salvation. Believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't go to hell. Spend eternity with Jesus. Amen. I want to talk to you about Trump's call to Christians. Been gone for a couple days. I appreciate the absence. Um, had to take care of a couple different things. I want to get back into the full swing of things. 2024 is just like all the other times before it. The campaign season, the electoral politics, the jabs, the this, the that, the clapbacks. It seems like stuff sucks more and more and more. And yet nothing seems to be changing. And so I'm interested in if people recognize that there's a call going out. Now most of the times in the scriptures, the Bible calls to people, God calls to people in ways that they don't anticipate. I believe that President Trump is being used by God still to call the Christians. I got a couple different videos, but I want to lay out the case very succinctly that the call to Christians from President Trump is not to vote for President Trump or Republicans or America First or any of those types of things. The call to Christians is if God's going to use someone like President Trump, Christians need to be looking in the Bible because the, the, he should be getting your attention. If Trump, if God's not getting your attention through President Trump, to stop paying attention to the way that the world is operating, to get back into the Bible, to follow Jesus, to recognize what the wisdom of God is speaking to, then you are going to fall for the deception. And that deception is that people like Trump can save you. Politicians are going to be able to address your real issues, that the government really does have the power, and that the trend of things is ultimately only going to be changed if you elect the right Republican or you get conservatives in office. Now, I have changed over time, as all people should. I don't know everything. I am wrong from time to time. There have been instances where I have just been flatly wrong, and there's instances that over time I recognize, okay, I could make better observations. Through God's grace, how, why ever he does it, I don't know. He loves me. But I've recognized that things that I used to say that I thought were right then were not right. And some of those in part of this analysis is Trump's got the guns. I started my analysis, I started this live stream based on the fraudulent election from 2020 that we now know uh, there's really no disputing it. There's really no disputing the fact that uh, Hillary Clinton paid for the Steele dossier, which was then the presentment that said that Trump was you know, hiring prostitutes in Russia and urinating on beds and doing all these things. All of this stuff has come to light. And because all of this has come to light, things still just keep chugging along. So I look at this and I go, what about my thinking was wrong at that time? And what are the lessons people need to be learning about what we are all observing because if we don't learn the right lessons, if we don't ask the right questions, are we really hearing the message, hearing the call, the invitation that's being extended to us? I believe that President Trump is making an invitation to Christians. He doesn't know that he's making it, but I believe that God is using Trump to make an invitation to Christians in a way that Christians should be, you know, listening to what their Bibles say. Let me make, let me make my case. This first video is Trump's charisma. 
just the fact that he engages people, he knows how to get along with people, he knows how to make people laugh, which is great. It's, it is priceless for a politician to do this. The stiffs that we've been presented with for the past couple decades couldn't make people laugh. As I understood it, Ronald Reagan could. And so whenever you can make people laugh, you can connect with them, regardless of the seriousness of the issues. Here's Trump demonstrating that talent. But we're leading Biden by a lot. In that same Harvard-Harris poll, Trump leads Biden 45 to 39. All other Republican candidates are losing to Biden, which is hard to believe, to be honest with you. This young man right here sitting in the front is uh, about 12 years old. He should be leading by 40 or 50 points. Any, anybody should be leading. It's horrible. Look, it was a rigged election. That's the only way they can win. And so he takes the seriousness that your country's on the wrong track, the global corporatist, shrewd, scheming, conniving, godless commies that have stolen the election through their schemes of greed, graft, corruption, and otherwise subterfuge, and he ties it to the fact that this 12-year-old kid should be way ahead in the polls from this senile old uh, godless commie who's selling state secrets by his own admission. We'll get to that. And the funniness is, like, look at how obviously absurd things are. And yet, right beneath the surface, there's this, okay, well, so what are we going to do about it? And the subtext of Trump running for president is that he's the candidate presenting himself as the guy that's going to solve things. And in 2016, I first endorsed and supported and donated to Ted Cruz. I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong there. Boy, was I wrong. Went to Trump as soon as Ted Cruz lost the, uh, the primary because, you know, it was about getting rid of Hillary Clinton and supporting President Trump. And now, since then, have been supporting President Trump throughout the whole thing. The, the P-tapes, the sex tape, the, all, all the stuff. I recognize that this man who is not perfect, like me, is clearly being used by God to demonstrate the absurdity, the folly, and the evil of the system. And at first, when President Trump took the spotlight, my, my conclusion was, this is the guy that's necessary in order to change things. And then I, it hit me over time that President Trump was just the right tool in this regard to demonstrate that change needed to be made. He's not going to solve anything. He's 77. Even if he gets elected now, what's, is he going to perfectly get rid of the deep state? Is he going to perfectly get rid of corruption? Is he going to perfectly get rid of all of these deep-seated bureaucrats or these lawyers that understand the way of doing business or the, the, the clandestine, dark, recess, nefarious operators who don't love Jesus, hate America, and have developed decades-old schemes of doing business that Trump probably doesn't know about? I mean, he's smart, he knows stuff, but does he know all the things? Is he going to be able to do all the stuff? Of course not. So this challenge of Make America Great Again, this mission of Save America, Keep America Great, was never his to accomplish. Ever. He is but one person holding the baton, carrying a message. Which means that the message that he's participating in is something much bigger, much longer, that he's not specifically pointing to. And this is where I will start to diverge from the Make America Great Again. And this is where I just went straight for the gospel. When President Trump left in February of 2021, or excuse me, January of 2021, and Biden took office, I recognized and I started pushing Live Local in February of 2021. I recognized that Trump had the guns and he didn't use them. 
And I disagree with him. He should have. But he didn't. There's still people today that say that he's the president. There's still people today that say that the military is the only way. There's still people today that don't actually pay attention to what reality is. They'll have spoofs or hints or, or visages of alternative explanations about how things are about to cataclysmically fall into plan. Perfect plan. And they may be. But they don't have proof. They have subjective speculation based on hunch and whim, correspondence, correlation, and preference. I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible. I have to hold fast to that which is true. I have to prove all things. I do not have evidence that that's the case. I do not have evidence that all of this is to some miraculous plan that's outside of the Bible. So the call that Trump is making to Christians is really get up off your rear and go to war the way that Christ has called you to. I want to play this next video, and this is really where you can start to distinguish Trump's charisma, his likability, his power to deliver a message and to do so with humor, which is great, and I'm completely in support of that. Now he's starting to say that the evil people, the godless commies, are at war with God Almighty. Commentary follows. Years. You and I have been fighting side by side to rescue our country from evil and from the sinister forces who hate it. I believe they hate it, and I believe they actually want to destroy it. Now we're approaching the most important battle of our lives. As we gather today, our beloved nation is teetering on the edge of tyranny. I believe that, and you believe that. Our enemies are waging war on faith and freedom, on science and religion, on history and tradition on law and democracy, on God Almighty himself. They are waging war. That's not a war they're going to win. The radical... No, I agree. It's not a war they're going to win. Christ won the war on the cross. But you see the distinction here. You see the distinction. The distinction is, he's speaking about saving our nation. He's speaking about saving our democracy. This tells me that people writing his speeches aren't actually rooted in the constitutional principles the foundations of law, the common law. We're not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. But Trump's point is that there's people that are so evil that are openly hostile to this nation. And I agree with that. But now he's saying that they're at war with Almighty God. And that's true. That's the issue. The issue, as all issues are, who do you worship? Do you worship God of Scripture? Or do you worship some other thing that's not God of Scripture? And so framing it like this, and again, he's at the faith and freedom rally. Amen. Okay. Let's specify what faith. Let's specify faith in whom. Let's specify what the salvation message is. But he's saying that the war is against God Almighty, and it is. We want to specify who, but what's his real message? And this is something that I completely support, but I also hate that it has to be said. Commentary follows. Been under siege under this administration. Just please remember that. Please remember that when they tell you about what, how much they love you. They don't love you at all. They don't love you at all. Never again will federal law enforcement be used to target religious believers. And hopefully never again will it be used to target opponents in an election. Because that's what they're doing. Americans of faith are not a threat to our country. Americans of faith are the soul of our country. And when I'm back in the White House, I will once again appoint rock-solid conservative judges and mold the mold of justices like 
Antonin Scalia and the great Clarence Thomas, who is... Now, Trump's not, he's not a gospel preacher. I get that. So I want to give grace in this regard. And this is where my bias is obviously for him. So he's not going to specify Jesus Christ, although he has, um, as, as what I would like. And so there's this notion that we have to unite around faith. No, 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 no. We unite on Christ at the foot of the cross, and only there do we get Christ's blessing and his wisdom and the benefit of, of, you know, of him. Um, that's the first distinctive. The second one is this idea that it's the war on Christians. No politician says this. No politician specifies that the majority of the nation, Christians, are being attacked. Now, this is where there's a blend of so many things that I hate. I hate the idea that many Christians believe that they can't get involved with politics. I hate that because Christ gave us the Great Commission. How can all nations be made to obey? How can they be taught to obey Christ if Christians aren't involved with government? If they're not involved with politics? How can you have the greatest nation in the history of the world, our constitutional republic, the United States of America, unless it comes from the common law, which comes from Christians, which comes from people reading the Bible believing Jesus Christ? You can't get that. So we have a notion a political notion, a very modern, very recent, I believe heretical notion that Christians shouldn't be involved in government because we have a bad understanding of who Christ is and what he's called us to do. And so here is God, I believe, using Trump to shout to the Christians, y'all are getting attacked. Y'all are under attack and they're coming for you. Now where I want to draw a difference is that I don't believe that it's government's job to defend the Christians. If Christ wants to slaughter us like like sheep to his glory, Romans 8, 36, 37, that's to him be the glory. And it's through those bad things that other people will recognize the power of our faith. So I don't want government to defend Christianity. I don't want government to defend my right to religious freedom. I want people to recognize you don't get a government defending multiple faiths unless it's built on the truth of the one true faith, Christianity, the gospel, that recognizes that we want to be in love and harmony with all people to faithfully, peacefully call them to repentance and salvation. And you don't get rights unless you get the common law, which comes from the Christians, which comes from believing the gospel. So don't steal from my Lord and use that for your political benefit. If you don't believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, you shouldn't benefit from his blessing. But you do benefit from his blessing because he's that good. The call to Christians is, it should be us saying this stuff, not Trump. Why does it require Trump to say this stuff? Why aren't Christians saying this stuff? I believe Christians aren't saying this stuff because we've been made to believe bad things. We're not following Jesus because we don't want to get hurt or we're cowards. And we're too comfortable. And because we're too comfortable, we don't want to lose. We don't want to die. We don't want to lose what we have or, or have things go against the way that what we want. And while we're clutching the pearls of what we think is a utopian existence, freedom, America, eagle screech, bombs, and flag waving, what we think of as a utopia was a slow kettle boiling and we're the frog in the middle of it. And until we get back to our basics, until we get to, to the foundation, God, I believe, is using people like President Trump, 
which is probably just a baby in the faith. I don't see fruit at this point. I think he's wrong on vaccine. I think he was wrong for the lockdown. I think he's horribly wrong on sexual ethic. I think he's very wrong on those types of things. Completely wrong. And those types of things make me say that he's not in fellowship with people that are pointing him to the scripture. He's just not. He's just he's just not. The fruit's just not there. At the same time, I absolutely believe that God is using Trump to show Christians, to shame us, really, to discipline us, to say, this is what y'all should be saying. But instead of saying, we want government to defend Christian liberty, we should be saying, uh, you know, thus saith the Lord... And if people come at us, then we die to our then we die to ourselves and follow him in the way. This is a subtle distinction that I hope people pick up on, because as long as people are hearing the rhetoric of Trump, as long as Christians are going to hear the rhetoric of Trump and they're not going to hear their Savior's voice, they're going to put their faith in Trump to save them. And while I believe that Trump, I believe he will win because we will get rid of the machines by common law. Amen. God bless. And while I believe that he will win the presidency. I want that to be the actual turning point of repentance, national repentance, and not just a quick blip before we really go over the over the edge. I want people to turn to Christ. I want people to follow him. I want every man to think of himself as a patriarch of a nation born from him and his wife with children for generations learning the common law, defending yourself by right, according to the Constitution, against government trespass. But we don't think like that. We don't talk like that. Because that requires you to recognize that what you know is wrong, what you've been taught was a lie, and it requires humility to dump all that crap, to get rid of it. And if you're not going to get rid of it, you're still going to be prideful as you walk towards the edge, and we say, vote for Republicans while the machines are bad. And after President Trump, who's going to be the President Trump after President Trump? Don Jr.? Tucker Carlson? I mean, like, who's who's going to have that man's talent to draw the energy, to be that magnetic, to do those things? Because there's some people, and many people who claim Christ, are looking at that man like he's an idol. And he's not. He's a leader, absolutely. But he's running to be a servant. He's running to be a government servant. Not a leader of a nation. That's that's where our, our, our thinking is so wrong these days. Anyway, this is uh, escalating because Biden's brain is clearly deteriorating. Commentary follows. I was just thinking, uh, uh, the, anyway, I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. Now, again, there's all sorts of competing theories. If you didn't hear or couldn't understand, he's saying, I've sold a lot of state secrets. And Modi from India is right next to him. The dude from Apple, Tim Cook, I think is his name, is right next to him. There's there's power players in the room. Power players in the room, and Biden's admitting to selling state secrets. But, of course, our double standard, felonious, unconstitutional, dare I say treasonous, traitorous DOJ won't do anything about it. And unless people understand what the law is and how to express that through common law action, nothing will come of this. Nothing will come of this. In fact, I would go ahead and encourage you to get your million-dollar seminar, million-dollar common law seminar for free at commonlawpeople.com. Commonlawpeople.com. Enter your email, click the button, and go. You get hours of content laying out what the common law is, completely free resources. 
singularly packaged one location you will not find this anywhere else and if you complain about the country complain about things and you're like well, what are we going to do vote if you don't watch this if you don't study if you don't learn it's your fault it's your fault because your rights in the constitution can't be trampled by government and there's people right now that are already saying well there's corrupt judges jaren and you don't know because they don't follow the law no they do follow the law no one is expressing to them what the law is people have taken false premise of the law which is statutory permission precedent case law they've taken these unlawful presumptions and they're using them instead of by right expressing the truth of the law of the land and it's because they don't know common law like a train that's been diverted they are on the wrong track and so any way along the wrong track is wrong so you know if you're saying well these judges aren't doing what they're supposed to amen absolutely agree with you but you will find courts won't look at arguments that aren't brought to them and if you don't bring the right argument in the law to a judge the judge isn't going to give you the remedy that you need for the correct trespass in the law so if you don't know how to say what is wrong according to what's true and what's in the law you're not gonna get the remedy that you're seeking for what you're gonna get is good complainers about how much stuff sucks See, all of conser- literally all of conservative media is nothing but professional complainers. That's it. Enter promo code whatever for some pillow or nutrient supplement. This last one is Merrick Garland. This guy's a godless commie. Commentary follows. Mr. Attorney General, um, Republicans in Congress have flirted with the idea of holding the FBI director in contempt. Um, it's become a talking point on uh, the campaign trail, um, the alleged corruption in, in the FBI and other federal law enforcement agencies. Um, do the American people have cause to be concerned about the integrity of the components of this Justice Department? And, and what do you have to say about how they're acting? I certainly uh, understand that some have chosen to attack the integrity of the Justice Department as components and its employees by claiming that we do not treat like cases alike. Uh, this constitutes an attack on an institution that is essential to American democracy and essential to the safety of the American people. Nothing could be further from the truth. You've all heard me say many times that we make our cases based on the facts and the law. These are not just words. These are what we live by. They are the foundation of the way we make these decisions. The agents of the FBI, as well as the DEA, the ATF, our uh, deputy U.S. marshals, every day, often at great personal risk, protect the American people and secure its safety. Our cases are based on their work. I could not be more proud to work with. Now, I believe he believes everything that he said. I believe he believes everything that he said. I also believe he understands the lies that he's propagating. So he's telling a lie in the sense that he's not speaking to the Constitution or the purpose of the Department of Justice. I would say it's unconstitutional, by the way, the whole thing. But let's just say that it goes it goes forward. He is telling the truth that he believes government's purpose is to provide for the safety of the people. Now it is if you're going to defend rights, but it's not if you're going to have an unconstitutional entity, DOJ, 
that is preying upon the people, J6ers and at all. And so whenever someone says or criticizes the Department of Justice, which they are by right allowed to do, or I should say they by right can do because God gave them free speech, he can't, as a government servant, then turn around and say, well, this is an attack on an institution that's necessary for democracy. We don't have a democracy. We have a republic. And if one of the people want to freely express the right, which is to criticize the government, they freely can. And that's not to be misconstrued as an attack because that violates the Ninth Amendment, the Tenth Amendment, and probably one of the rights in your Bill of Rights state constitutions where it says the enumeration of rights shall never be construed to disparage or deny any others. So if I want to say my government sucks, I can. By right, I can. So whenever this dude, who's sworn to that constitution, says that it's an attack on the institution for democracy whenever people criticize it, he's wrong. But I also believe his mindset is that he has to protect people because that's the purpose of government. It's not the purpose of government. The purpose of government is to secure your rights. That's it. That's it. He cannot be, should not be, forward-leaning to characterize people that are criticizing his unjust tyranny as an attack on democracy. And this is where, when people don't use the right words, they have bad understanding. Because people would look at this and they'd say, well, look at this guy. This guy's defending the DOJ. Yeah, he sucks. He's bad. I think he's evil. But he believes everything that he says. And what he's saying isn't wrong. It's legal. It's not lawful. It's legal. And these are the distinctions. These are the word games that have been played on us for decades. And until we actually read what's written, we're not going to know what's true. What we will do is we will listen to people on podcasts. We will listen to people complain. But we will never understand the truth of the controversy in the law because we don't have the ears for it. This is where Jesus is saying at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the wise man built his house upon the rock, the foolish man built his house upon the sand. That wise man had heard the word and acted on it. Be not just doers of the word, or be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. When you hear the truth, you behave as though it's true. What you don't do is hear it and be like, well, I'll I'll be good. That seems to be what the church is doing. So the call to Christians that Trump is being clearly used to do is to say, get up and go to war. Get up and get in the game. Like, this is our time. Like, God bless Trump. Why is he the guy taking all the slings and arrows? Why is he the guy that's telling the truth? That's our job. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's Trump's call to Christians. Now, I want to introduce for you an idea that I will henceforth forthwith call Paradigm Disruption Opportunities. PDOs. Going back to my army days. We're going to acronymize. We're going to make something into an acronym. A Paradigm Disruption Opportunity is one where you are able to see what is clearly observed, what is culturally relevant and timely, and then juxtapose it with a perspective that alters and offers an alternative that you would not otherwise see. There's bad language in this video, five seconds, but this video is going to show the Titan submersible submarine from last week and juxtapose it with what was really going on. Commentary follows. I was just thinking... uh... The Titan... All week I've been fascinated with this story. Billionaire trapped in the bottom of the sea in search of the Titanic. It'll take six hours to get there and only eight hours of oxygen. Suspense. Will they live? Will they die? Duped by the fucking media. Again. 
Monday, the Titan is missing. Tuesday, there's a banging sound. Wednesday, they're running out of air. Thursday, oh no, we found the wreckage. But the entire time, they knew it was BS. US Navy knew the sub already blew up on Sunday. Sunday. But they distracted us, again, to hide the news cycle. What happened this week? Let's do a quick recap on what you missed. JP Morgan and Jeffrey Epstein emails were released. And now they have just mistakenly deleted 47 million emails. Joe Biden is undergoing an impeachment vote in the House, or at least trying. The Pentagon fat-fingered $6 billion to Ukraine. Hunter Biden gets a slap on the wrist while FBI whistleblowers are going missing. And John Durham had his congressional hearing this week regarding the Russia hoax. But I was so busy wondering about the billionaire who decided to go boating in a submersible soda can and missed it all. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's powerful. And those are just the headlines. What if you're not paying attention to the headlines? What if you're one of the young people? <laughs> As I find myself getting older, I find myself, look at all those young people. What if you're one of the young people that don't pay attention to this? Admittedly, the people who are listening to me, probably my age, maybe a little bit older, but what about younger people? What are the headlines that they are listening to? What are the things that they are seeing that are not true, but being propped up as they are? I'm about to show you a video that is a recent trend in TikTok for the younger generations. It is a woman, ostensibly attractive physically, who will then get a male and ask the male to rate her on a scale of 1 to 10. And I want to present this to you as a paradigm disruption opportunity. Because what our culture, society, and the media have told us what an attractive woman looks like, you're about to see this young man completely uh, destroy it. So, here you go. Rate me on a scale from 1 to 10, but first, take a good look. I'm going to say hard four. What? That's kind of low. What could be better? Well, your foundation doesn't match your neck. Uh, you got fake tits, and your eyes are kind of spread far apart. How do you know they're fake? Uh, just by the whole overall body size. That does not match up. That was kind of rude. Um, thank you. Yeah, what I really love about this video is that the dude who's you know, younger than me, this is a Zoomer, by the way. My hope for the Zoomer men are is just through the roof. Like, the Zoomer men need to be given the keys they they you need to bless encourage mentor zoomer men because they are growing up in a culture that has made them the enemy and they are the most hungry they are the most motivated um class of people that i think that will benefit this society in a very long time the zoomer men find a zoomer bless the zoomer help them grow help them absolutely grow this man looks at this woman who on the outside would be what people would call attractive. And he completely negs her. He completely he insults her. She's expecting that she's to, to an 8, a 9. In her mind, she's probably a 10. And she probably gets that a lot. She probably gets told that she's attractive sexually a lot. She is objectifying herself. And so she is a slave to the need to object, objectify herself. Her own self-worth is in her looks which will be, as she finds out, gravity works, that elasticity doesn't stay, amen, lady? And so as that this case, she's going to get uglier with time, which means that the endowment that she invested in her chesticles is going to be something that will be deleterious decades from now. 
Anyway, uh, as this guy tells her that she's not attractive, it completely blows her mind. She's like, what are you talking about? This is a paradigm-disrupting opportunity. The world is telling us to be sexually attracted to women like this. The Zoomer men, God bless them, have been raised in marinating in a culture of godlessness, of sexualization, of moral depravity. That people will look at a hussy like this girl and say, I don't want to touch her. She's probably been invaded by other people. She's probably rife with diseases. She's going to be making decisions that sexualize herself. So she's not really thinking about the generations that she could be blessing by motherhood and raising a home. She is not anyone that I find at all attractive. Which means that that man's value is no longer just the physical it's the metaphysical. It's what that woman is able to do through fertility, through nurturing, through companionship, through encouragement, and through teamwork. That man's got a value system that the world doesn't know how to express. And he just did it in a way that the world would be like, wait, what? But she's a 10. Look at her. Look at all the things. And so I, I, I absolutely love that. Now, I want to point out another example. This is a street preacher who's being bombarded by a bunch of the gay, tranny, homosexual people, um, I'm going to let it ride. I'm going to let it go. There's there's curse words. There's bad images. But this is the type of stuff, and this is where people might say, well, Jaron, why did you show this? Or why am I seeing this? You need to know what's true. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm done coddling. I'm done. Now, I will do my best to watch my language, as I think I do a decent job at. But I also want people to be exposed to the truth. Not, not, not overly, but the truth here is that here's a guy reading from the Bible, preaching from the scriptures, and look at the treatment that he gets. Commentary follows. Yeah, I can't take it anymore. I had to turn it off. Uh, they're surrounding a preacher, a man preaching from the Bible. Listen, folks, the word of the Lord does not return void. That means that God's word, as it's proclaimed, as it's preached, it's not going to return fruitless. It won't happen. That's because it's God's word and not ours. But this is a paradigm-disrupting opportunity. Because the paradigm here is that you may grow up with a sense of America that says, oh, you know, we're Christian and we're moral and all that. That, that, those, that paradigm should be destroyed by now. And so the idea here is we need to go preach the word. I would recommend to have a buddy, maybe two. <laughs> like, I would recommend not doing it by yourself. I mean, Christ sent his disciples two by two. Amen. Matthew 10. So don't do it by yourself, but we need to be doing these things. I can find in myself that there is this motivation to start street preaching. Not because I want to, but because I have to. I, it's, it's, it's this, it is this motivation that says the word of God needs to be spread all over the place. And if I can go out in public and spread the word to... to soil that may be fertile to generate uh, you know 10 30 100 times the yield I need to do that 
And likewise, if someone's got a hard heart and they don't want to receive the word, they still need to receive it in the sense that if they hard their heart, that's on them. We got to preach the gospel. We got to advance. These are the paradigm disrupting opportunities, the PDOs that I think that are good. The first one, don't get distracted by the media. The second one, the sexual objectification of women is no longer the chief ethic of our society. We want to make nations. We want to build generations that are healthy, that are godly, that have biblical sexual ethic. We don't want to just fornicate all over the place. And then lastly, we need to bring the gospel everywhere we go. Everywhere you can go is a place to do war for Jesus. I want to talk about Italy as a case study. Now you may think Italy, hey, I thought it wasn't my pizza. You may think of Italy, well, it's a place that looks like a boot. Or you may even think about, you know, Operation Husky in World War II, where it was the invasion of Sicily, and then goes on to Anzio and goes on stuff like that. Like, however you think about Italy, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you did not think this about Italy. This is a beach in Italy, taken last week. You did not think this. Watch this. That is an abandoned boat with migrants from Africa invading Italy. Beachgoers on the beach, enjoying God's creation, enjoying their nation, and people who are not from there, coming from Africa, got there in a boat, left the boat, walked ashore, and just walked into the nation. Mass migration is one of the major nation destroyers. A nation is not just a physical location. It's also the people. So if you bring people who are not from where you're from, you're going to change the nation by definition because you're changing the people. Now, I'm not against people freely traveling. I am against destroying nations on purpose. I believe that this is done on purpose. I believe that this is in keeping with George Soros, his open societies. I believe that the mass androgynous fusion of distinct people groups is done to undermine the benefits and the values and the beliefs of people groups that are succeeding. There are people groups that have beliefs that are better than other people groups. I believe in hierarchies. I believe that Western civilization is more fruitful, it's better, and it's generated better existence than any other civilization in the history of the world. I believe America is the best nation in the history of the world. Not because of the color of my skin, but because that the beliefs that the people had whenever they formed this nation were Christian. Those dudes aren't Christian. Those dudes are Muslims coming from Africa. And because the secular European governments no longer hold to a national identity, no longer hold to a government that's supposed to defend the people, the secular governments have become overly indulgent to their people to where the folks don't have any sense of who they are. So now you have invasions happening in broad daylight. And this changes cities like Milan, Milan is looking like this. This is, this is the city of Milan right now. Watch this. Hussein, 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 Hussein,
That's a bunch of Muslims doing a bunch of Muslim dances in the middle of a European city. An Italian city. Europe is irrevocably changed. The mass migration to Europe is going to change everything. And here's the thing. One of the advantages is that Muslims believe that the only way to go to heaven is to either die in jihad or to go to a foreign land and populate. Which is what they're doing. They're going to a foreign land and they're populating. So they are getting salvation in, in their dogma. But they're also going to have a bunch of kids because one of the positives about that belief is that abortion sin. It's it's a haram. And because it's haram, they don't kill their babies. And because they don't kill their babies, they got a lot of them. Well, if you've got secular Europeans who don't love Jesus, don't care about marriage, and want to fornicate all over the place, they're not having babies. They're going to be outnumbered by these other people coming in. You're changing the literal nation. You're changing the nation. Changing the nation. Now, one more video, and we're going to get to a solution about this. So here we go. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. All right, I can't watch it that long. It's disgusting. Uh, that's a boat of, Af of Libyans coming from Libya, Africa, to Italy. Just a big boat of military-aged dudes coming from not America, or not not Italy to Italy. A common law solution to this is that the sheriff is the local law enforcement officer dedicated and sworn to the Constitution, and the Constitution allows for the states to be in control of immigration to the state. And so, because the states are in control of immigration to the state, it follows that the county sheriff is in control of immigration to the county. If there are people coming into the county that the people in the county don't want to come to the county that aren't citizens, but they're illegals, you can use ways to use that sheriff to round up people and to deport them. The way that you understand that is by understanding who they are and what is their right, what is their authority for being there. If you have a bunch of people that show up on a bus and they just get dispersed all over the place, where are you guys from? Where are you guys from? What is your citizenship status? Where? Who are you? What do you belong? Like, what are you doing here? These are the types of politically incorrect conversations that Americans need to start having, or else they're going to be cowardice. They're going to be uh, kowtowed and and you are a racist into Milan, Italy. Or the beachgoers in Italy, where there's there's a uh, an Ita an Italian invasion of Libyans, and people are just looking at that going, what, what, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Common law actions, use your sheriff, institute the militia, deport people who don't belong there. Nothing's stopping you. ICE can't stop you. The DOJ can't stop you. The federal government can't stop you. Nothing can stop you, except for your imagination and your political will. You have to understand the common law is that the public trust, which is the Constitution, only gives powers to defend the rights of the people. But people made the Constitution. So if people form and gather together and say, we don't want this, you can make it happen. You just got to get your people on your side. You have to get people going. And that's the part that probably Americans have been robbed from is, okay, but, but, but how? You say, you say I, we just need to get people on our side, but how many, Jaron? How many? Well, the real question is, have you done anything about it? 
Have you done anything about it or did you just share something and say something on the internet? Did you just complain about it or have you actually started to go to do common law actions to your government to educate them what the Constitution is, to get them to understand their oaths, to get them to understand the common law, to get them to understand the maxims, to get them to understand that the people have all political power and that the people don't want the mass migration invasions? Have you done that? Because if you haven't done that and you're waiting for Jaron to say you need 10,352 people then what you've done is you've reduced yourself to now receiving information from people on the internet before you go and act. When you should be doing, God bless, you should be saying, hey, I'm going to um, do this because it's right and because we can. It's a completely different paradigm. The Africans are invading Italy because they can. They're not asking for permission. They're just doing it. They're just doing it. So you see what's happening to the rule of law Whenever people are just doing whatever they want to do, and they're like, "What? What? 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 You guys? What are you doing?" They're just doing it. There's wisdom in that. The wisdom is you also have that power, that political power, to organize together, to express in the law why you want to limit illegal immigration because they don't belong here. People who don't belong in your nation don't get the benefit of the public trust. The public trust is for the beneficiaries. The beneficiaries are the people that are there in the nation. They're not people around the world. They're there for you, the nation. Amen. I want to speak to some generational challenges. The first up, you've heard of 15-minute cities. These 15-minute cities are what you know, these globalist planners are allowing people to start to envisioning these utopias where everything's within 15 minutes. I want to depict for you, if I can, one of those, and then we'll get back to this. This is a 15-minute city. Watch this. Now, that is vision casting. That is globalist vision casting. These godless commies want you on a vertical concrete plantation. Instead of, days never finished, master got me working. What they want is, I got my vertical garden and my kitty crack is a scratching. They want you to be a slave. They want you on their reservation. It's evil. The other part of this is that there are younger generations that have generational complaints. I want to play for you a TikTok video that a Generation Xer made that consolidates, aggregates millennial and Zoomer complaints. There is language, but before your generational ears start to say, well, I don't like that, and I disagree with that, and they can't say that about me, or suck it up, buttercup, we had it worse than you. Before you let your generational ears start to shape how you think, Listen to what's going on, and we'll talk about some solutions after. Go ahead. Climate change affects... Not that one. This one. Starving. We can't afford milk. We can't afford eggs. We can't afford our rent. We can't afford our prescriptions. We can't afford insulin. We can't afford health care. We can't afford our education. It's just so frustrating that we did everything they told us to do. We went to school. We got educated. We worked hard. We did everything they told us to do, and then when we're actually out in the world, they want to charge us... $1,800 for a one-bedroom apartment that really ain't shit. And then when they talk about, oh, the future is going to be great for you, you just got to work hard and stay down. How? A lot of people don't have savings. They're spending it all on basic shit, like housing and groceries. And what scares me the most is that more and more people are becoming aware of how fucked it is. And all we do 
we record a video, we post it on TikTok, we post it on Instagram, we post it on social media, and then we say, well, I've done my part, and we close out the app, and then we go on about our day. That doesn't fix anything. about being a millennial is we just got to watch our parents, like, try their best and be successful. Like, they all had homes and 401ks and health insurance, and they were like, we just did our best, and then they were telling us, they're like, just go to college, and you can do anything. If you just go to college, you can do anything. So we all went to college, and now we're in debt. We have no fucking money or jobs or housing. So houses, everything sucks, and then they're like, well, why didn't you go to trade school? We're like, yes, How can you be mad at someone who literally does not have what they need to survive when it's the corporations that have been underpaying people for years? Profits are up. Productivity is up. Are wages up? No, they're not. And our money, our tax dollars, go to welfare to supplement corporations not paying people what they should be. Don't wake up and the first thing on their mind is money. Everybody don't think about a dollar consistency. I got to hustle 24-7. I got to have 10 streams of income. I got to learn how to flip houses. I got to learn how to sell on Amazon. I, 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 I got to go to Dodo -do and sell vacuum cleaners. I, 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 I can't just have my job and go home, enjoy my money, enjoy my time with my kids. In the United States, y'all work in order to survive. Y'all don't work in order to enjoy yourselves. And unfortunately, that's the way that the system is set up. In the Wake up, check your feed, check your text, check your emails, go to work, get a hundred things done, get home late, attempt to have energy for stuff like your kids, chores, hobbies, etc. Fail miserably, feel awful, and then repeat. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and before your generational ears, like I said, where you're at in the camp, Understand that this world has fallen. Sin is all over the place. We are not guaranteed utopia. You are guaranteed paradise whenever you're in Jesus. But here we're in a fight. And one of the fights right now is that the generations have been frayed. They've been fractured. And one of the mechanisms for fraying and fracturing generations are these stories of expectation. Go to college, get a job, provide for the family, get your kids, and you know, 401ks. That was the lie fed to me. I'm 38 years old. That's a lie. I don't have a 401k. I'm not going to have that retirement. Social Security will never be there for me. Won't. It'll be gone. So the very real recognition is that the stories that older generations had that were true for them are not true for us. But here's the kicker. I don't think that the older generations are experiencing very good things either. Because they're looking at the rest of the world going, holy crap, this place sucks. What did we do? What did we not do? There's an opportunity here. The opportunity is not everyone just saying how everything's horrible. The opportunity is recognizing that because everything's horrible, the solution is when people recognize that they need to help each other. I wasn't intending to talk about the gospel, but the gospel is the most important part. When you get the gospel, you recognize that you now have an eternal perspective. It's no longer day to day. It's no longer generation to generation. It is now Christian. It's now global. It's now worldwide. It's creation-wide. It's eternity-based. And an eternity-based solution will get you to recognize that the idol of money is not your God. So while you need it, it's not your God telling you what to do or how to behave, which then leads you to serving other people. It gets you the opportunity to help other people. And that is the basis of business. 
business is nothing more than just solving someone else's problem. If I'm better at solving your Apple problem, then you are solving my car problem. You go solve my car problem. I will solve your Apple problem and we'll exchange. And it kind of diversifies and specializes from there. We are in the time when people need to understand that it's not the generation's fault. It's now the fact that everyone has to recognize what they bring to the table and how they can love and serve other people. This is why I'm giving away the free common law, million dollar free common law seminar at commonlawpeople.com. But it's also where there's an opportunity to support my work at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Take your money out of the big corporations and switch it over. But it's more important than that. It's the idea that you live local, you take care of your kids, you, uh, you help your neighbors, you preach the gospel, you do those things. And by doing those things, you recognize that the powers, the oligarchies, the corporations, the politicians, all of these liars, they lose their power. They lose their power because what you are doing is you're looking at the foxhole God gave you, the talent God gave you. And by organizing around what God has given you to love other people, now you've got the basis of generational security. Now you've got the basis of generational prosperity. This is not a prosperity gospel thing. This is a, I need to work hard so that those who are after me may benefit thing, which is incredibly biblical. Be faithful with what you've been given and God will bless you in not only your work and provision, but he probably will give you more. This is where the gospel message is imperative because we're not hearing it. What we're doing is we're looking and complaining, rightly so, about these big corporations and the government. This is why you learn common law. I will say this for the, for the taxes. You should only pay the taxes you owe. When you learn the common law, you will learn what taxes you owe. So this is one of those situations where people need to understand what's going on. Because the game that's played, the lies that are being believed, they are not true. They are not true. And there's ways to discover it. It's just going to take time to learn. Humility to forget what you think you know. And then the courage to stand on truth and to say it. That's big. That's big. These people are doing a really good job of complaining. But there's not a whole lot of courage to stand on truth to go against what everything else is, is based on. Central bankers are liars. Here is proof, commentary follows. Climate change affects inflation. And inflation is the beast that all central bankers, whether they wear a green jacket or not, want to tame and discipline. Number two, because it affects our balance sheets. Whether it's a three trillion or a seven trillion balance sheets, it is affected by climate change. Uh, no, it's not. God is coming. No such thing as climate change. This is lie and propaganda that people have to have. I don't really think pe many people believe in this. I think it's a fringe element that's, gra that's astroturfed by these central bankers to get everyone afraid of all things. I don't think that people actually care about this. And, these, and the reason why a central banker is talking about it is because the central banker doesn't want you to look at the freaking Pinocchio nose and recognize that they have no clothes on. Y'all guys' money ain't worth crap. That's the issue. Fiat currency is fraud currency. And because it's fraud currency, the people that are responsible for it are the fraudsters. Until you get right currency, until you understand what the law is, go read Article eight, Article 1, Section 8, what, Clause 5? 
talks about the currency that's supposed to be in this nation. We don't have that. We got a bunch of liars, grifters, frauds, and propagandists. That's what that woman is. She's a godless commie. Now, I want to speak about peak feminism briefly. I'm not a ballerina. Never will be. Neither will this guy that's on the right trying to be a woman as opposed to the real ballerina on the left. Watch. Yeah, it just keeps going. The dude can't dance because he's not a he's not a girl. He doesn't have the the finesse. He doesn't have the talent. Um, this is the destruction of competence. This is peak feminism. Peak feminism is the idea that men and women are equal and should be equal in all things. And now you have men that are being more equal in women to where the fact that real legitimate women made by God as women can't even be women anymore. This is the whole what is a woman thing. This is the phenomena. And then to top it off, you've got a man who's never served in the military, currently as a Navy Admiral, saying that this is the summer of pride. Watch this. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a summer of pride. Happy summer of pride. Pride goes before the fall. God hates pride. He's going to destroy it, burn it, destroy it completely. Sodom and Gomorrah for a reason. Happy pride. Let's celebrate pride. These people are freaking morons. And here's the thing. I don't think people actually believe this. I don't think people actually buy into it. It's being shoved down our throats. Kind of like how they, well, I won't talk about their proclivities. But this is the issue. The issue is the lies are being shoved onto people and then what do people do in response? One last one, peak feminism. This is Chelsea Clinton born with a silver spoon in her mouth, which is why she has no God in her heart. Watch this. Chelsea, what are your reflections one year after Roe? I'm really angry. <laughs> and I am, and that is an uncomfortable place to be um, because of the historical women tropes that so often have been used to kind of silence and diminish kind of women and our all right shut up uh we're i don't want to hear her talk just shut her up someone take her mic she's sitting with a boot on her foot i wonder why but she's propagating the idea that you should unalive your babies i mean women were blessed with the ability to have children not all can amen i get that fallen world at the at the time when we were all born at the time when the creation happened i should say at the time of creation, women are supposed to have kids. Not all can. I completely understand that. Women are nurturing. They are helpers. They are builders. They, they, they beautify life. They're the weaker vessel because they're the ones that are expressing the, the, the nuances and the beauty and the details of God's creation. There's goodness to strength, but there's also goodness to beauty. And this is where those two things come together in a relationship. One man, one woman to have kids for generations. And this woman is pontificating. She's effing angry by the fact that Roe v. Wade undid the unconstitutional, godless, evil, satanic practice of legalized industrial baby butchering in the womb. And she goes on to complain about the fact that some woman died from sepsis. That's bad. Did she know the Bible? Did she know the gospel? And so if that's going on... What about all the other women that are having uh, abortions in their bellies with people ripping up in there with tubes and things that suck them out and forceps and knives and stuff? 
The woman's a goddess commie. She needs to repent. She needs to know Jesus. And at the very end, she says that this is a trope of white Christian nationalism. If the trope of white Christian nationalism is to get rid of abortion, then amen. Consider me the whitest, most Christian nationalist in the history of the world. Because abortion is murder. It's a travesty. It's a destruction of the image bearer of God. And this peak feminist, Nazi-style propaganda that wants to industrialize abort babies in the womb is such a predation on the most vulnerable lives that's a lie. You're going to get in the heads of women that are going to believe that they need the sexual depravity to destroy the gift of God that gave them in the womb, that you're going to ruin them for generations, not to mention the life that you're depriving creation of, and you're going to perpetuate this godless satanic cabal. Shame on you. But people listen to her. They listen to her because her dad was a president and her mom's a whore. And they're going to listen to her because, oh, look at this woman. She's a privileged person. No, no, you're not. There's nothing that you're saying is smart. Nothing you're saying is good. Nothing you're saying is righteous. You've grown up in a power-privileged position and now you're propagandizing evil onto the people. This is peak feminism. And now we're about to go peak idolatry. I don't even need to introduce this. Just watch. If you are not black, if your skin is not brown, if you are not melanated, then you do not have the right to come under my videos talking back to my people. Your opinions are not wanted, nor are they relevant. So why do you feel like you need to come and keep saying something to my people? You need to ask me my permission before you speak or comment on my videos. You come under my video and say, Lord, may I please have your permission to say something? Then you wait for me to give you my permission before you start tapping, moving your little pasty fingers around on my page. You people have been talking way too much for way too long and your time is officially up. It is black power forever. Yeah, that slave is just so wrong. <laughs> She's just so wrong. She's a slave to her hate. She's a slave to skin-based arguments, but she calls herself the Black Messiah. What is she saving people from? Righteousness? She's saving them from logic? She's saving them from good manners? She couldn't even say ask right. She says, ax. Let me ax you a question. <laughs> Save you from diction? This moron uh, is propagating a fear-based understanding of the world. The fear in her mind is the fact that there is truth that offends her. And instead of calling it truth, which would necess necessitate humility for her to recognize that she's wrong, the truth in her mind, she's castigated, or I shouldn't say castigate, well, she has. She's characterized as white. Now, this is something I'm sure a lot of people think, is that they import these Darwinian presuppositions, and they think that based on skin color, there's a distinction in people. Jesus taught in Matthew 12, 30 that if you're, e you're either with him or you're against him. You're either with me or you're against me. That's the dividing line. Revelation says that there will be all nations, all tribes, tongues, and all nations, people from all nations. Heaven's going to be full of a bunch of different colors. It's going to be full of orange people and yellow people and brown people and black people and white people. It's going to be full of all those, pe all those colors because God made all the colors. God made all the nations. God made all the people. And he wants them there. The Bible says that he doesn't want any to perish. He wants everyone to come to a knowledge of salvation. This woman right here is going to go to hell. She needs the gospel. She doesn't believe the gospel. And she has a very hateful prism of the world. 
In response to that, people need to tell her that Jesus died for her sins and that her sin is going to separate her and has and is separating her from God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that me, like this girl, is a sinner. The difference between the two of us is that I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin, that his blood was shed and washes away that sin, that he was buried and three days later he physically rose from the grave. And it's because he physically rose from the grave that now I believe that everything that he said is true. That's what the Bible says. Amen. I believe it. I don't doubt it one bit. Anything that I don't know is a reflection on my not knowing. Anything that I don't know how to make sense of is God in his sovereignty and his perfection saying, you know what, we're just going to leave him. We're going to leave him with that, uh, that hook, that intellectual hook. Because if you try to reason yourself to God, you're never going to get there. God wants you to be humble. He wants you to recognize that he is God and you are not. When you can recognize that he is God and you are not, that's step one. Because now you recognize that because I'm not God, I'm a sinner. And if I'm a sinner, then I'm going to get punished for the things that I've done wrong. The sin that you've done will be punished for eternity. When Jesus took your place on the cross, if you believe in him, when he took your place on the cross, he was punished by God's eternal wrath while he was eternal there in the person. You have infinite being in the flesh receiving eternal wrath. So somehow eternity being being punished by eternity washes out to the time on the cross. But you and I, if we don't have Christ... We are in conscious eternal torment in a lake of fire forever because I have an eternal soul, but I am not God. There's no divinity just because I'm being created. There's a lot of bad doctrine. There's a lot of bad faith speaking about what the truth is. And the truth is very simple, that Jesus Christ came to die for your sin according to the scriptures, that he was buried and rose from a grave three days later according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. This lady needs it. She doesn't have it. And so what Christians need to do is when we believe the gospel, we need to bring the message to people like her. That doesn't mean that we don't rebuke the danger and the evil of her words. She's evil to the core. Her heart is rotten. She's going to go to hell because of that. At the same time, I want to love her because Christ loves her. And I had it explained this way to me over the weekend. Christ is so loving that he died for you. And he loves everybody else that you hate so much that he wants you to show him to them. And that don't make sense. The world doesn't think like Christ does, which is why they nailed him to the cross and they were defeated. So when now that you are are in Christ, you have enemies. And you can, like, that woman hates my guts and I don't want to have anything to do with her. I don't have anything to do with that woman. Not at all. Wouldn't want to be in her presence. Don't want to talk to her. I don't even want to use my pasty fingers to write on her stupid internet videos. But I care for her soul. And I care for her. And because of that, I would, if God put me in the position, talk to her about who Jesus is. Because she don't know him. And that's sad. Because when you start to think about your worst enemy burning in hell forever... I don't know about you, but that 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 breaks me eventually. And now there's some people I'm like, okay, I could do that. Keep burning, keep roasting, keep screaming. But eventually you think, okay, ten thousand years, no 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 timeout, a million years, no timeout, no rest, just eternal suffering. I I don't want that for anybody. 
even the people I don't like. And that's where, when you believe the gospel, you are on a mission. You're on a mission to bring that salvation message, pointing to the exclusive the exclusivity of Jesus Christ on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That's the only way. And that's the only thing that matters. We can talk about Trump. We can talk about America. We can talk about the future generations. We can talk about common law. We can talk about all this stuff. None of that matters if you don't have the gospel. If you don't have the gospel, then you don't have Christ. If you don't have Christ, then you don't have the truth or life or the way. I want you to have the way, the truth, and the life. And so I want you to have Christ, which is why I want you to believe the gospel. And if you're on the team, then you better get going. You better be uh, advancing that kingdom, advancing that gospel. Appreciate your time. God bless. Uh, the best way that you can help me is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. If this has been informative, motivational, inspirational, if you have learned something, if you're like, you know what? I don't want my money to go to the godless commies anymore. I want it to go to an American company that's non-woke, that at least for the time being is a much better preferential option than all this gay pride crap. Go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. It's a private membership organization, so you're going to get myself or somebody else that's going to talk to you. We're going to welcome you. We're going to invite you to say, here's how you can take your money that you're currently spending and switch it over. Now, there's people that will say, well, I don't really like the presentation. What's going on? It's not commerce in the normal sense. We have been inculcating and marinating in a godless commie commercial system. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren is an invitation to abandon that, to move away from that. So it does things differently. It does an invitation. It does a welcome call. It does something where you get to talk to an actual person who has the same values and wants the same outcomes as you, but then says, here's what is all to offer. It's direct purchase. Cancel anytime. No cost to you for cancellation. If you don't like it, hey, amen. God bless. No harm, no foul. If you want to support the work Jaren does, that's one of the best ways to do it. And if you just want to switch your shopping from the Godless Kami box stores to something better, then that's the opportunity. I'd also ask you and point you to the coffee that we have, the Humble Whole Bean Coffee. Now, this is the initiative to send Bibles throughout the nation. HumbleWB.coffee, HumbleWB.coffee. It is air-roasted coffee. It is still the best coffee that you're going to get. It is great. Air roasted coffee is not like drum roasted coffee. Drum roasted coffee, they put it in a metal bucket, they turn it around on fire so it's not equal, it's not even. Versus air roasted coffee, it's roasted on a cushion of air, not burnt on a metal can, and so it doesn't have to be loaded up with a bunch of fake stuff. Air roasted coffee is delicious the way that God made it. No additives, no preservatives. It's all organic. It's all fair trade. People who picked the coffee bean from the tree got paid a fair wage. They're able to support their families, and they're not working in slave-like conditions. Amen. If you want to do that, that's humblewb.coffee, humblewb.coffee. Appreciate your time. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, my name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. There's a lot of war to be had. We need you. We need you in the game. We need you on the battlefield. So amen. Go to war.